breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One zero one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. Uh, he is off. He'll be back with us on Tuesday. I got my friend Scott Hughes on the way. Um, he just texted me. He said, "In car, on way, alive." I think so, <laughs> that's a good thing. He's not a morning person like us. No, he doesn't get up this early normally. I think he goes to work at eight ish or something like that. Yeah. He travels a lot though, so yeah, he has to catch early flights. Uh, have you heard the horror stories of travel that's going on lately? So, yeah, apparently everybody's uh, done, uh, uh, what, what, what did they call it during the pandemic? Uh, locked up, locked down. Locked down, they're, they're, staying they're, in place or whatever, yeah. They're getting out. Yeah. I have some friends who got back from um, uh, Cancun, I believe. I'm not sure. It was somewhere in Mexico. And they are flying to Houston, and then they fly to Shreveport. Right. Well, they sit on the runway for three hours oh, on the plane. Right. I'm not sure if it was in Cancun or when they landed in Houston. I don't know. They missed their connecting flight. Uh, so the airline, which who shall remain nameless, had to give them a hotel voucher and um, food vouchers. They go to get on their shuttle bus to take them to the hotel. And people that were just creeping up on the line, you know, they'd been in line standing there for an hour. People crept up ahead of them to get on the shuttle bus. I would have killed one of those oh, people. Oh, yeah. Somebody, I mean, they're, they're dead. <laughs> and they don't get to their hotel till midnight. They have Ugh. to be back at the airport at 6 a.m. to catch the flight to Shreveport. I'm like, man. And that's just going to be, you're going to see those stories all weekend. You're going to see stories of people who have Ugh. had difficulties, you know, whether it be on the roads because of traffic or in the air, you know, it's just going to be a really busy time. Ten million, I think, are traveling by air. I, yeah, that's what they're saying. It's going to be kind of nuts. It's um, absolutely nuts. Okay, Ruben, <laughs> I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> speaking of nuts, I got a very, very important email yesterday, and I need you to help me with this. Okay, it says, "Dear Miss Erin McCarty, uh huh, court case number three two nine four two nine four. Oh God, what'd you do? I'm I don't know. I'm like, wow. Hereby." Listen to this real quick. Hereby. Close. Hereby. Oh, no. They start uh-uh. with a hereby. This uh-uh. is important. This is bad. We inform you that you are suspected of <laughs> yeah. violating the federal law under Title 16, blah, 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 whatever that is. Okay. Related hearing will be held next week. Doesn't say a date. Just oh, says God. next week. Just next week. At 3.30 p.m. Do I show up every day? <laughs> I mean, they don't have a date. No. Related hearing will be held next week at 3.30 p.m. in courtroom 6B. That seems a little late for a court date, but all right. Yeah. Uh, it's 6B, huh? 6B, yeah. Right. Do we have a courtroom 6B here even? even? I don't know. I, I haven't been to court here, so yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> Case-related number is blah, 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 blah. In case you or your attorney are not able to attend to the court on the mentioned day. doesn't say day. just says next week. The mentioned day? Yeah, yeah. the mentioned day. Oh, okay. Please inform us by sending a res- respond with a D, a respond. A respond. Here, 
with the specified reason for absence. Here, like it's capitalized and it's and there's a link? Yeah, there's a click. Yeah, there's you a link click, attached. Yeah, you got to click here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to respond not later than 10 work days before the day of the hearing. Okay, we're in that window. Okay. List of documents to provide and further information can be found in this attached file, which I'm supposed to click Ano-another on that. Another yeah. click, yeah. Uh-huh. Then, then another one, download notification. And Reuben, it's signed by this important lady. Oh. Her, her name is Allison Solis. She's the chief secretary prosecutor. The, the, the chief secretary prosecutor? Yes. You know, yes. I, I've I've been I've been in this room, you know, with with you guys covering all the elections and all the, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, is that is that an elected title? I don't think I've ever voted on a chief, chief secretary prosecutor. Chief secretary prosecutor. Yeah, I think this might be a scam. <laughs> <laughs> Ruben, it scared me. Uh, yeah. I thought I'm in trouble. I've yeah. violated the federal law. So okay, if you get anything. <laughs> From an unspecified court, yes. From a title that doesn't exist, right? In your email, it's probably a scam. Bogus. <laughs> it's bogus. If they want you in court next week, next week <laughs> without a specified date, right? They will come to your home or your job, right? And they will serve you with papers hand to hand. Yes. They will make sure you sign for them. They're not going to send you an email saying you violated federal law. Yeah, they, you if they better will, be in court. If they want you to come to court, they'll find you and you'll get a citation but like that. Ruben, the, yeah. the bad part about this, I don't even want to say this on the radio, is that I was almost dumb enough to buy it. <sighs> you I'm, saw me when I opened it. I mean, it. the yeah, yes, the yeah, the reasons, uh, the reason you still get these is because <laughs> they work. Because they work on people like you. <laughs> yes. I'm trying to beef up my immune system to this. Uh, you just need to when it when it immediately raises your suspicion, you almost need to just delete. Yeah, just delete it. Don't don't click for sure. Don't click on any of those links. Don't, oh gosh, yeah. yeah don't click shut, on any yeah. of those links. It could shut down. It, it could ruin Opossum. Where art thou? Music. It could. It, it could, could reach into all our computers and ruin everything. Okay. Opossum are out there playing tomorrow at Tasha's Tavern at 9 p.m. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, yes. Tomorrow night? Tomorrow night. Yep, got a gig. Wow. And then Do they next, have enough alcohol? The next month, we're going out of town. We're going on a world tour to Longview, Texas. Oh, dear God. <laughs> you know lawyers in Longview yet? Not yet. No, we'll I work gotta, on that. I got I to gotta make a few phone calls. Yeah, we'll work on that. <laughs> Maybe we'll call the chief secretary prosecutor. Oh, yeah, that's know. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One oh one seven. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. Mike is out. He'll be back Tuesday. We are taking um Monday off for Memorial Day, so we will not be here. Um, we'll have the best of show running then. You can see right now, this is, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, if you don't love Congressman Mike Johnson, <laughs> today is the day you start to love him. Because he, he and the rest of the Louisiana delegation, they welcomed the uh, Lady Tigers to the uh, Capitol yesterday. They 
toward yeah. the toward the Capitol. They got to meet the Louisiana delegation. Kim Mulkey was there. The whole LSU basketball team, including Emily Ward, who's from Benton. She's co-captain of the team. Oh, yeah, that's right. These girls are tall, Ruben. They're basketball players. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Mike is not... Let's let's be. He's not a statuesque man. I'm I'm five foot seven, and I I'm I'm looking over his head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he's uh, he's a very handsome young man. He took a lot of pictures. His staff took a lot of pictures. But when it came time to take a picture with Emily Ward from Benton, his yeah, district, right? They, he's probably known her forever. He decided the best picture with me and Emily, and you can see it at keelnews.com. I'm looking at it right now. Is, you know, those big columns at the Capitol? Yes. Well, at the bottom of the columns, they have like this big, you know, concrete block underneath the columns. Yeah. It's about six, eight inches tall. (laughs) Mike decides this is a good idea. I'm going to step up on that bottom of that column and take the picture with Emily. So I look like I'm taller than Emily Ward. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, the photographer uh, caught his feet. Caught his feet <laughs> standing on the block. <laughs> and you can see he's he's standing up about 6 inches higher oh, yeah. on the block. Oh god. Oh god. Yeah. He, that that column standing up a good foot. It is a for good sure. foot. Yeah. And so he's about 3 or 4 inches taller than Emily, which in no way in the world no. is actually true. No way. And he's good humored about it. He even put in his post, notice I'm standing on a big concrete block. Standing on the big column, yes. <laughs> so it really is hilarious. But they are going to the um, White House today. Very they nice. did the Capitol yesterday. They gave Steve Scalise uh, a new LSU football jersey that had has majority leader on the majority back. Majority leader, yeah. It's I was just looking at that. Real cool. They gave the team, Kim Mulkey and the team, the flag that was flying over the Capitol on the day they won the championship, wow. so they got that. Um, you can see it's just a real happy, happy day for the Lady Tigers, and they're going to be at the White House with President Biden and the First Lady today. They'll be honored. And uh, you know, what do you do when you tour the White House? God, I, I don't know. You, I've, I've never done anything like that. No. You, I wonder if you get to see the secret areas, you I, know. I, t- I toured the Capitol in Baton Rouge. That's about the, that's your biggest, <laughs> that's, yeah. That's the best yeah. thing I can do. I, I've done the White House, but I did all my stuff was all prior to 9-11. Oh, you know, yeah. when I was uh, earlier days, I haven't been to the any of these big venues since 9-11, I don't think. Huh. Um, so I'm wondering if things have changed considerably. But if you want to see the pictures, Steve Scalise put some really cool pictures up, too, when he was greeting uh, Kim Mulkey. And sometimes someone someone's eyes say something. You can see in his eyes and in her eyes, too, the pride. Oh, yeah. You know, they're both just looking at each other with these big smiles and these eyes that are just lit up. And you can tell how proud. This is the first basketball team from LSU to win a title. Really? Yes. No okay. no LSU basketball team has ever won a national title. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. Jeez, now, Mulkey's won. Uh, Mulkey's won. This is her fourth. Her prior three were at Baylor. But, you know, she played at Louisiana Tech. She's got a title there. She she was thrilled to have won one as a coach for her home state. So Absolutely. I mean, wanna, she, she doesn't know how to lose. It, yeah. It, <laughs> she yeah. doesn't know how. <laughs> in, the, in the game of hires for LSU, um, Brian Kelly was pretty darn good. 
Kim Mulkey right there, too. I think that was a pretty darn good hire. So Absolutely. I'm Jeez. excited for them today. This is going to be a big day. I think they're also honoring the UConn men's basketball team that won the national title. Okay. But they're not honoring the runner-up Iowa team. Remember there was some talk about yeah, Jill Biden? Yeah, <laughs> Wanted to invite the runner-up. Like, let's invite the runner-up, too. Let's everybody yeah. get a trophy. No, no thanks. No, no. <laughs> LSU won it fair and square. Yes. They should be there to celebrate. So. Correct. Great pictures of all of our congressional delegation. And uh, there's a little video, too, with Garrett Graves. You know I got a crush on Garrett Graves, so <laughs> you can go check that out, too. One at that 710 Kiel. FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Scott Hughes is in for Mike, who's taking a few days off. Thanks for coming in. Good morning. Glad to be here. Did you ride your bike in? I I did not ride my bike. I drove my car very fast. It is a long way out here when you live where I live. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I just got a text from Congressman Mike Johnson uh, with the United States flag, and he said, Thanks for talking about him. So um, it, it, Memorial Day weekend, we have to remember that. We A lot of people mix it up. I was seeing a lot of people yesterday uh, thanking the veterans for their service. That's kind of what this is about, but not really. Well, you know, my dad was a colonel in the Air Force, mm-hmm. and so I grew up living on bases. And Memorial Day is to remember those who didn't come home. Yeah. That's the, how I was termed it. Veterans Day is to remember those that served. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have different days, and this is the one to remember those that served. Yeah, th- those that died. Those that died. Right. They gave their life in, in service of mm-hmm. our country. Absolutely. So, you know, we have a long weekend, and we enjoy the long weekend. But, you know, if you're going to be grilling or going to Mudbug or, you know, going out on the boat, you know, take a moment to remember that you have the freedom you do to do what you're doing on this weekend because of those folks. Yeah, I was in, I, I had the pleasure of being in D.C. two weeks ago as part of my job. And mm. as we often do, we went by Arlington. Very, uh-huh. went by the, um, Irojima statue there out in front yes. and then Arlington. It's always a moving, moving mm-hmm. sight to see, um, to see those graves. Yeah. And I, I love to go to, I have an uncle buried at Arlington and, and I love to go by there and just, it, if you've never seen the Arlington National Cemetery, it is absolutely one of those things in your lifetime you should go see. And it's absolutely incredible. I want to talk with you next, uh, Scott Hughes. You're kind of an education nerd. And I want – did I just call him a nerd? He's volunteering his time to come in. Yeah, coming yeah. from you, I'll, I'll accept it. Okay, okay, good. <laughs> There's a kind of a, something that Greg Tarver and, and some other senators are working on that – is intriguing, and I want to see if it's if it could have legs. We'll Senate talk about Bill that. One thirty four. Yeah, we'll okay. talk about that when we get back. One hundred one seven FM seven ten Keel. Mike and McCarty. Mike, the Mike half is out today, but I've got Scott in place of Mike. You're in Mike's chair. How's that chair feel over there, by the way? Feels good. Feels well sat in. Mike's been doing good. He's been here over a year now, right? Yes, he yeah. has. Um, he's, he's fitting in. He, it's a different dynamic. There's no doubt about it. Um, some people love him. Some people don't. That's the way it's going to be. There's some people that love me, some people that don't. And that's the way it is. He has thoughts. He does. He absolutely does. And it's nice to have somebody that's got, um, you know, 
a 38-year marriage. He's got grown kids. Oh, Mike's a great guy. I've known, I think I told a, you when you when yeah. Mike and I have been friends for a long time. Um, our kids did theater. He actually, my kids acted with Mike when they were mm-hmm. a younger age. He yes. Did, he does a lot of community theater. And, mm-hmm. of course, I know him as well through his sound work. He works. He has worked with Channel yes. 3. He replaced um, a guy that we worked with for years at Channel 3 as a sound guy. So mm-hmm. I, I've known Mike for a long time. Got an email from Senator Greg Tarver's staff about um, a measure that um, the Finance Committee has been working on to improve underperforming schools, D and F schools across the state. What does it look like this bill would do? Does it pump more money into these schools? Does it? What's the goal? What's the plan? Well, it, it, in theory, what the bill does is, as I understand it, it's Senate Bill 135 by Senator Jackson. And, um, and what the bill does is it sets aside $10 million effectively for a tax credit. If individuals... P- it, people that have to file a Louisiana tax form. That mm-hmm. is, that's in the bill. You have to be someone that is required to file Louisiana taxes, which means you either live here or produce income in the state. Okay. It sets aside $10 million that can be claimed if you make a donation to one of these schools, one of these schools that's a D or an F school. So on the surface, I want to say it's very good. Mm-hmm. And that, that goes next with there's no harm in this because these okay. are schools that need help. Well, when I broke it down, I'm not sure it does as much as it might seem on the surface um 10 million is not a lot when you consider a statewide bill it's for for all schools Mm -hmm. in the state the key is as i looked at it is you can get up to you can get up to 95 percent credit for your donation so if you donate a hundred dollars you can get 95 dollar tax credit that's a pretty good credit it's almost yeah. a dollar for dollar tax credit. And you can get it for doing certain things like purchasing instructional materials, establishing a tutorial program, um, um, in child care programs. And then I saw the kicker, Aaron, to me. It's item D. It says establishing and maintaining a school-based health clinic. Oh, so if okay. you're getting tax credits to people that are helping, and we have, to be fair, we've always had school-based health clinics mm-hmm. in some of these. Um, so a lot of these DNF schools are in high-poverty areas. Sure. And so we, the health clinics have long come in. Players like Willis Knight and mm-hmm. Shumpert, everybody, LSU. Um, and so if they're giving $10 million to establishing and maintaining a school-based health clinic, that money's going to go fast. Because those are already out there. But there is nothing wrong with the bill. Um, I think it's probably a pilot to right. see how it works. And it's one they could come back to in future years and put more money in. They're trying to find a way to get more money to schools that don't have PTAs, that mm. don't have parents that will donate. I, I'm very blessed. My kids went to some of the best schools in the, the country, which happened to be in Caddo Parish. Sure. We have excellent schools in Caddo Parish. Mm-hmm. And they have great parental support. These DNF schools do not. We have 30 DNF schools in Caddo Parish. 30 of them. Correct. We have about 60 to 70 schools. Mm -hmm. So that's half, nearly half of Caddo schools are DNF schools. My question to you, Scott, and you do a lot of work on education that people don't know about um, and have done for many, many years. It was a real passion for about Mm -hmm. a decade, but I still follow it behind the scenes and is, is throwing money at DNF schools, is that the end-all, be-all? That's my worry. Um, one thing we learned, at, um, I think you're talking about I ran the Alliance for Education. I was the mm-hmm. executive director of Alliance for Education. One thing we learned is that money is not unto itself the solution. Um, a lot of these... Um, schools that, that are struggling, they actually have access to money. They have a lot of money from the federal government, from the state government. They have the right, they can purchase materials. It, what it really comes down to more is um, these schools need quality educators. 
They need quality administrators and they really need parental and community involvement. That's the piece. We can, we can eventually find teachers and administrators, to be honest. We can, we can incentivize them, but what, what they're lacking often is that community participation. And so it, anything, this is not a bad bill, mm-hmm. but giving a school is not, money is not bad. But if this, but if it just buys books that sit in a storeroom, if it just buys equipment that's never used or not used properly, if it buys things that don't engage the child in learning, then it hasn't succeeded. Right. And so there's nothing wrong with this bill. It's a good bill. Congratulations to Senator Jackson and all those, Senator Tarver, who are supporting it. But but we've got to find a way to get the parental, the grandparent, the family, the adults involved back in the school. But is the and, – and here's here's what I struggle with so often – um, to get the parent involved, and we just got the new Alice report numbers out, to get the parent involved, you know, a lot of people want to think, oh, these parents just don't care. Um, they're not involved in their kids' lives. In a lot of cases, they're working two jobs. Or it's grandma who's got the kids, and grandma's trying to work two jobs, or she's got three other grandkids she's working. A lot of it has to do with that, and we don't really want to see that. And uh, that's where I struggle. It's like, how do you help those people? They have no time to help their children. They have no resources themselves to make sure their child gets to and from a tutor or what, you know, what or can pay for a tutor. That's yeah. where I think, what what on earth can you do to help that? I, I don't know. And it's, I hate to say that because I worked 10 years in the area and we saw, you know, we saw, I saw three big things. And of course we're doing this cold. I didn't come mm-hmm. in prepared for this, but you know, I saw big, three big things and you hit one of them that, that, that many of these parents, particularly high poverty parents, poverty and low education tends to go hand in hand, sadly. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they are working two jobs. They don't have the time. The other thing that I would suggest we saw that was just over years was, um, they don't have the modeling either. They didn't, if you, if you grow up in a high poverty, low education family, you don't have the modeling and even know what it's supposed to look like. Mm. That's what you experienced. And so you are just trying to survive. And so some of it is, is, is providing an assistance. Um, and, and then the third part, to be, we, to be quite honest, it is often the poverty. Um, and, and there's different types of poverty. There's generational poverty where you may live in the same house that your grandmother lived in in the same neighborhood. But what we get a lot today is mobility poverty, if you're not aware of that. It's mm-hmm. it's poverty that means the family has to keep moving. They can't make rent, so they move. And so the child goes to five and six schools in one school year, and that's happening in Cattle Parish. That's happening in DeSoto and Webster and Bossier. Mm-hmm. And when the child moves around so much, even the social network, the social workers, the school system, you spend so much time keeping up with the child that we can't even help the child or the family. Ah. Yeah, that's a struggle. Talk more about this. Also coming up after the 7 o'clock hour, I want to talk to Scott Hughes about smoking in casinos. I want his take on what happened at the city council this week. I've never smoked week. in a casino. You never have. Okay. You okay. hang out in a more. <laughs> but, but as you know, I actually years ago helped open Harris Casino from, yeah. the, from the advertising side. I want to talk about that with you coming up after uh, 7 o'clock. One o- One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. Mike is out. Scott Hughes is in studio. You know, we did something yesterday that I didn't didn't realize would kind of strike a nerve, but it did. Um 
John Settle was in yesterday, and I asked him to grade both of our mayors. Obviously, Mayor Tom Arsenault is very new. Tommy Chandler on the scale of new, relatively new in, in the Bossier City realm. How would you grade on the scale of A to F? Let's start with Arsenault first. A to F. Now, my only question is, you asking Scott Hughes to grade, or you asking me to grade as a citizen of Shreveport or a citizen of Bossier? Because there could be different scales, to be sure. Sure. Just Scott Hughes, the political observer, the community observer. Um, Tom Arsenault. I'd give Tom a B plus. Okay. Um, you know, I think I think part of it is um, expectations. What are you expecting out of the person? I mm-hmm. think Tom's delivered what you would expect out of Tom. Um, I think Tom Tom's limiting factor is he does have a political world he works in, the city council, the relationship, and I think many of the voters don't understand, you know, how yeah. what, what where that situation is. But I, I think I think you got to give Tom a really good grade. Um, he's come in, he's put adults in the room. His hires have been excellent mm-hmm. to bring back Tom Dark and some other. I mean, he's got some good people around him. I think he's returned stability to City Hall. Okay. Um, if you, if I go back and I look at the previous administration. We actually didn't question the council a whole lot as much as we questioned the mayor's office. Mm-hmm. I think in fairness, and I'm not calling the council out. Please, my friends on the council, don't call right. me. But the paradigm has shifted a little bit. No one's focused on the mayor's office as much anymore. Now we're looking back at the council okay. as where the politic is. Our so last, I'll give him a B plus. Last minute and a half, Mayor Tommy Chandler. Um, mayor Chandler. I would have given him a C when he first came in, maybe mm-hmm. even a C minus to be fair, because I didn't think he understood the dynamics of the workings of Bossier City. He was new. The council really was a, was a problem. I think now he's easily moved into the B plus role as well. He's, 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 I think he's got a, he's into the job now. He understands mm-hmm. it, I think, and he and the council have learned to get along. And to be honest, we haven't talked about the Bossier City Council for a while. Mm-hmm. We talked about him a lot. And that, that's how I grade it. When he first came sure. out, we had a battle. It was every week. We, was going to be happening and now they've kind of gone back to being what we know to be your city it's a yeah. city over there to the east that we don't talk about because mm-hmm. it's well run the citizens are happy and things are getting done no big B plus no big scandals so no big scandals okay so both that, of them in the b range that's always the key with bozier you, yeah. really, you don't really hear about it and it runs well and the citizens are happy that's bozier that's very cool uh after uh seven o'clock after the news we're going to get uh scott to talk about the speaking of city business The latest big hot topic for the Shreveport City Council was the smoking change. And we got Alan Jackson's opinion officially on the record. Um, Will the mayor veto? Will he not? That is all coming up after 7 o'clock. 101.7 FM. You got him. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. Mike out today, back on Tuesday. Scott Hughes is in studio. Scott, what is your favorite title? Uh I know dad is husband. Secretary is. prosecutor. <laughs> <laughs> too soon. Yeah, too I've been soon. sending emails out trying to contact grids. <laughs> yeah. I guess you can just appoint yourself that title. Oh, I think it's uh, yeah. Um no, my favorite title it it, it it's close. It's okay. either dad. Or husband, okay. I, I, you know, husband came first, then yeah. came dad. It's All hard right. to get around dad. But in in your in your scheme of uh, broadcast career, political watchdog, oh, observer, and stuff, uh, analyst, analyst is I just, good. I'm an analyst. Okay. That's all I ever am. I never, I never ask questions. You ask the questions. Yeah, I'm here I, to help the talent. You're the talent. <laughs> yeah. 
ooh, am I the talent? Man, these people are dipping low. Okay. <laughs> I, I need to ask you about this week's city council meeting. Shreveport City Council meets on Monday in a work session, and then Tuesday they're, they're meeting. We didn't hear a whole lot in the Monday work session hashing out this um, casino smoking ordinance. There wasn't a whole lot of, here's my opinion, and here's why I'm doing what I'm doing. You mean from the casinos? Uh, right. Didn't hear a lot. You probably heard a lot from the public. You we didn't really until Tuesday. On Tuesday. But we did Monday. hear James Green say on Monday, he talked about why he was for it. He talked about how you promised you were going to go to Bozier and you didn't go to Bozier and that the numbers for Shreveport are way down and, and which I don't know where he got his numbers because I've tried to do all the math on them and I don't find anything like that. Um, and then the vote on Tuesday, you didn't hear anything from the council members except Mr. Talaferro who read his prepared statement, uh, why he he supported keeping the ban in place. But you had person after person after person step before the microphone. Um, the vast majority of them urging the council to keep the ban in place. There were the casinos. You did have William Bradford step up, very eloquent. You did have a couple of casino workers who got up and said they needed the ban lifted because they were not making nearly as much money. Um the the big question in all this is why we revisited this. What's the truth to why we revisited this? Everybody is suspecting, you know, follow the money. Everybody's been saying that. Um, but I don't know why this was such a hot. To, why were why we in such a rush to make this happen now? Do you have a clue? Um, I don't, other than the fact that I always step back and say, what changed? I think that's the question you're asking. What changed? Mm -hmm. Well, the only thing that changed is a few people sitting in some of those seats. The political balance of the council changed. Um, and so, but also some of those people were there before mm -hmm. and they voted differently. Right. And so I'm, I'm a little confused too. Um, it also becomes very weird politic, you know, the, the larger politic word, because when, when you step back, this is a public health issue in one regard. This is an issue, whether you agree or disagree, that disproportionately impacts a certain part of our community, mm -hmm. um, the workers. And the workers tend to be, um, in, I, I, I shouldn't say unfortunately, but by, by reality, they tend to be largely African-Americans, um, a lot of middle and lower class you know, workers in this city. And they're working in a, a condition that I think people wanted to help. And yet the people you think would support them historically that did last time were the ones wanting to change this. Um, the, the Republicans on the council who generally support business rights, who generally support let a business do what it wants, laissez-faire, let the market decide, mm -hmm. they were the ones wanting to uphold it. And so the, the, the politic was completely upside down. It was. And so I, I'm not one that's going to sit here and allege that I, I know what's going on. I don't. Um, I don't. I do know that the, to me, the most interesting thing is that, um, I don't think we ever got a clear understanding of what was the financial or what is the financial impact because COVID came, things happened. Um, to be fair, I am not a tender of the casinos nor my smoker. Mm -hmm. Um, I do enjoy going places that they, they, there is no smoke. Um, but I'm also tend to be a fairly conservative person in that I believe that a private business is the right to run their, their, their business. And so it, it, while I don't like smoking, I do believe that a business has the right to set that. But then there are market, there are market pushbacks as well. So I don't know what took place. Um, they, they, they tried to make it sound like you promised us that Bozier would follow us. And since Bozier's not doing it, 
we're not going to do it. Somehow we think that is not helping us on this side of the river. I think I think I heard you say this. Um, I heard I've heard several things, but I think it probably comes down to not so much the workers or the general people that attend the casino. It comes down to a very specific crowd that attends the casino. I think that it's hurting on the high end. Um, as you know, I actually years ago in a different world helped open the very first casino, mm-hmm. Harris Casino, from a marketing standpoint. So I know the industry a little well, and the industry does work a lot on the heavy rollers. That's the oh, ones yeah. you market to, and um, I think that they wanted to create and change that environment. Mm-hmm. The the high rollers, I'm told, a, a lot of them want to smoke. If it's their cigar, That's your if fridge, it's their, right? You hang out. At those yeah, those tournaments. are my pals. Yeah, all my pals. But, but you're a good example. I don't. I don't know. You. I don't think you smoke. No, but you do hang out for hours sometimes in a casino mm-hmm. because you enjoy the competition. Yeah, you enter tournaments where you have to mm-hmm. spend the table for hopefully hours right. if you're successful. Right. right? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Now, the poker rooms have typically gone to non-smoking almost universally around the country, from Vegas to I don't know a poker room right now where you can you can smoke. I'm talking general floor, slot machines, yeah, slot, table games. Yeah, at the table games. So um, you could, but the, here's the problem: if you're in the poker room and you want to smoke, you simply like if you're at your horseshoe, you simply step outside next to the poker room by the slots, and you can smoke there. The smoke drifts into the poker room, but it's not somebody sitting right at your table. But the my other concern with this is if Bozier is not going to follow suit, and it doesn't look like right now they are, do you think there's any chance that it's done statewide? Because 25, 30 years from now, we're going to look back and go, I can't believe we actually let people smoke in casinos. You follow me? Like 20 years out, we go, God, we really used to smoke at restaurants. We used to smoke on airplanes. Yes. You know, and so I travel a lot, and that's the one I come back to. We used to smoke on airplanes. Mm-hmm. And now how, we, many sm- how many cigarettes were burned in this room? It's, you know, it's, um, there's a situation I'm aware of. I run the Realtor Association, as I think you're aware. And I have, mm-hmm. I have one of my brokers, and I'm not going to name them, but I have one of my brokers tell me that, um, an office that, that, that this person works in, that they all worked with a, with a, with a person that smoked for years in a small office, and none of them smoked, and they've all now gotten the effects of it. Cancer and God, the lung, COPD, lung disease. Yeah. And, and so the secondhand evidence is, is not even debatable at this point. It's mm-hmm. factual. Um, but yes, I think we're going to look back and say that, but to answer your question, no, I don't think you'll see that at the state level. Um, unless, unless the state gaming control board can do it, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure they'll do it because our legislature now is a double majority, you know, House and Senate mm-hmm. Republican. And I think if you go down the Republican, this is why it's sort of weird, the Shreveport dynamics, because Republicans tend to get back to private business. While I might not personally like smoking, I'm not going to enforce something on another person's private business. The market will enforce that. If the market doesn't like smoking, people won't go there. Right. People have the right to pick at a place that we may mm-hmm. see that. Pick it for, for clean air. But, okay. but you tend not to want to put regulations on business. Our last minute here. Does the mayor veto this? Now we know Alan Jackson supports uh, lifting the ban. So he would be the fifth vote. He would override the mayor's veto. Would the mayor, I mean, knowing there's five votes against him now, I say there's no way he vetoes this. He knows the veto would be overridden. It would just be for show. What do you think? Um, I think the mayor's got a real hard choice. I think that he's got to decide in reality which crowd he wants to please. Because, yes, I think the council will override his veto. So mm-hmm. it's political folly to actually veto this. Um, but at the same time, it can send a strong message. There were a lot of the public that came and said this. Mm-hmm. I think the mayor has to look at who who his constituency is. He can send a message for public health. He can send a message for what he believes the right thing to do is, knowing that it's not going to happen. 
Um, in the end, I don't think he overturns it. I think generally in politics, mayors, governors, presidents, um, you don't often, you know, we all want them to play politics with their veto pen, but it's not a good idea yeah. because it just, you know, you're, you're working on such a fine relationship with your legislative body. You really need to try to respect that. And for whatever reason, um, we have five council members that have voted to overturn a ban. And I think we're going to have to respect that from a legislative standpoint. Yeah. Hopefully gotcha. revisit it down the road. Jackson hasn't voted though. He just made his, his, uh, uh, intentions known, but uh, I don't think he vetoes it either. I don't think he does. No, and I think I think, and I, and I know I know um, Councilman Jackson. He's actually a realtor. I think he also had ownership in a smoking lounge. He did. So I, I don't think smoking is really. I mean, he's more of a. You know, let's go back to he's more of a private business guy. Yeah. You know, let let the market decide. I Absolutely. Think he's taking that position. One hundred one seven FM. One zero one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty Mike is out. He's a chicken. Didn't want to. He didn't want to compete against me at the mud bug. I just realized madness. he's not competing. He's in no, Dallas with his daughter. In, That's he, great. But I know he is not. He's giving you an opening. Who are you mm-hmm. competing against? I think it's crawfish eating contest at Mud Yeah, bug, the big celebrity eating. Mike's the defending champ. I mean, he was the winner last year. So he's not going to defend his crown. He's not defending his crown. There will be a crown. new champion. There'll be a new champ this year. But they're doing they're doing it a little differently too. They're having like battles like between me and I think Chica from ninety four five. I think we're going mano a mano You're against each other. I'm in trouble. Cause that she, mouth. I, 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 good Lord. She eats the shells I, I, for I, crying out loud. She scares me. She's next door. But we got glass between us. Yeah, she she's me. she's frightening. So if she wants to eat the shells, you know, that's okay. It's just kind of scary. So I'm... Um, I'll just have fun, but you're welcome to come down and join us. It's 1130 today, Festival Plaza for the Celebrity Crawfish Eating Contest. You can By cheer. you, you mean the public, not yeah, me the public. personally. You you're personally inviting anyone come. to come yeah. cheer for you. Anybody can come cheer, and then, of course, they'll have music playing right after we do that. They have like and 170 bands. Oh, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it is. If you have never attended Mudbug Madness, well, A, I ask you why not, and B, I say, you know, you should really think about it. Cause it, it, is, it is the premier oh, crawfish festival in the country. It is. Forget Bro Bridge. I'm telling you, Scott, I've done we Bro Bridge. We tail. We do. We really kick. They have one thing we don't, and I'm working on this. They have they serve crawfish etouffee in a bread bowl. Oh, those are good. That's the only thing they have at Bro Bridge we don't have. We can do that. And we can do that. I'm 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 hoping somebody will be convinced. They take the bread bowl, they put it in another bowl, then they put crawfish etouffee in the bread, and then you can eat the whole but shebang. The sight, the food, oh. the music is second. I mean, I, we we could spend an hour talking about the musical lineup mm-hmm. that Terry Matthews has put oh. together. Have a whole kids area too. They're going to have a cornhole tournament. If you love cornhole, that is going to be a blast too. But today is the celebrity crawfish eating contest. There'll be a new champ this year. Not sure who it's going to be. And then there'll be some battles. I know the couple of the Swepco guys are going head to head. Michael Corbin is going against one of his Swepco folks. 
Um, I think the fire chief is going against somebody from the police department. I'm not sure if the chief is doing it. Always it, take the fire guys in the eating kind. Oh, yeah, because yeah. it's not frog legs. If it was frog legs, I'm with Wayne Smith on that one. But um, this is going to be a big, big day. 1130 Festival Plaza. That's when you can come down and watch us eat some crawfish. You can get some crawfish and a beer. I'm just looking forward to them. And all weekend. Beer. They're there all weekend. Yeah, they're going, there, going not, through not Sunday. The, not the contest, but the music. Right. And they'll have crawfish eating contests, by the way, for the general public on Saturday. So it's a blast. It's one of our premier events. And I hope to see you down there today or sometime this weekend because I'm going to go back and forth a couple of times. 101.7 FM, 710 Keel. One zero one seven FM, seven ten Keel. Mike and McCarty. Mike is out. My friend Scott Hughes is here. Are you uh, are you about to have in- empty nest around the house? Yes, my is, second, my second. Yeah, my youngest graduated from Catamagan High School. Very proud of her. Congrats. Um, we, we we did all did all the graduation still. So she is about to head off to um, college in the fall. I'm not going to say where, but she's going to Boston. She's up in the Boston area. So I know I will have one in Virginia, one in Boston. Oh, cool. And my wife and I will be, as you determined, empty nesters. Are you excited about it? I am a little bit. I mean, I miss my girls. They'll come home. We'll talk to them. We'll travel. But um, you hit an age where the idea of coming home and... You know, not having to go to soccer practice or not yes. having to do anything. Just sit in my chair, mm-hmm. yell, 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 get off my lawn at people. Right. I think I'm, I think I'm becoming Robert Wright or, you know, yeah, exactly. Mike's not there yet. Robert's definitely there. Yeah, he's but definitely there. I think I'm there. reaching that, that age where I'm really looking forward to maybe having some downtime. Oh gosh. And, and you and your wife though, both of you are still working. Neither of you is retired yet, correct? Correct. I run the Realtor Association. Mm-hmm. That's my day job, the multi-list service. And she is a special ed teacher in Cattle Parish. Oh, so y'all all still working, not re- not planning to retire anytime soon, but soon to have an empty nest. Oh, yeah. I, got, I got two kids in college. There's no way I'm retiring yeah, anytime true. soon. <laughs> that's true. Yours are working. Yours, yeah. are, yours are big men working for the United States military. Yeah, big men. And it's uh, it, it, it's been fun to watch. You know, when, when your children turn into grown people and you're so proud of them, it's it's exciting. And, to, and, and my greatest things, because I've had my oldest around for a while now, is to watch how other people react to them. When other people come and compliment your son and go, man, that's a good guy. He's a good guy. He's, you have really done a good... And and you know what? That makes your heart just... Oh, it's now, so wonderful. And I will say this, Aaron, because unfortunately when we do what you do, what I mm-hmm. do sometimes, we get a lot of negative coverage. We hear a lot about the kids that are shooting things up or robbing cars. Yes. Or, I spent... A lot of time the last couple of weeks around some of the best kids this community has to offer. Mm-hmm. The kids that just graduated, and I'm not just I'm not just talking Cattle Magnet where my right. daughter went. I'm talking Shreve and Bird and Huntington and Green Oaks and all the kids that graduated. There were unbelievable graduates oh. out of Cattle Parish schools, yes. and Bozier schools and Webster schools mm-hmm. and every other school district. So there's still a lot of things to be proud about in this community. Absolutely. When we get back, we're going to talk about um, Rev Entertainment. The city has now hired, looks like a contractor, to study to find out the feasibility. We're going to talk more about that with Scott Hughes when we get back. 101.7 FM.
1017. What am I doing, Ruben? I don't know. 1017 <laughs> Speaking in tongues. Let's stick to the script. I'm telling you. I think you. we're 710 keel in the morning. Do you really think there's a script in this room? <laughs> I'm reading Mike's part okay. over here. I don't know what they did. They, they didn't give you the other half? No, they didn't. This is Scott Hughes sitting in for Aaron and Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Scott, for being here. Mike is uh, in Dallas enjoying some time with his daughter. Um, if you don't know, she's adopting a child from South Africa. Mike's about to be a grandpa. He's about to be a grandpa, and she's adopting a four-year-old little boy, and she has to go to Africa to, you know, pick up the child, but she has to stay there for it could be as long as four months. So this is the last weekend he would have, you know, alone with his daughter before she becomes a mom and he becomes a grandpa. So they're going to go, they're going to spend some dad-daughter time this weekend. Um the city announced, the mayor announced yesterday that they have chosen a contractor of the four bids they got. Baker Tilly, mm-hmm. I believe, is the winning, con- the recommended contractor. Right. Going to do a feasibility study to try to find out if the Rev Entertainment Project could work at the state fairgrounds. And if you're just now getting on board, I think it's a $75 million project. 105. 105 now. Okay, yeah, good. The grows. Mm-hmm. It would include a new baseball stadium, a hotel, and a lot of stuff. A lot of amenities. Um, and they've at, done this before. This is not just, you know, hey, we're throwing a dart at the board. These right. people have done this before. Yes. My question to you is, what what would you like to see in the feasibility study? What are some key points you want that feasibility study to show you? Um, well, there's a lot in theory. The two big things I'm looking for, number one, who's the audience? Where is it coming from? Is is You don't build anything unless you have potential audience. And I, don't, right. I don't mean people might come from Canada, you know, if we do this. But realistically, where is the audience and the revenue going to come from? And then number two, how you finance it. We've, mm-hmm. we've talked a lot about there's not going to be these and these dollars put in or attack. How do you finance the construction of this? Uh, the, everything else is secondary to me after that. One thing that is kind of primary for me is how do you make that location um, attractive to people? Because right now there are, when we've done the survey on the, the state fair, people won't go because of the location. Um, that's the other part of this is you have to make sure that people will come even though it is at that location. And this might change that location. Well, and that's that's where I go. And like you asked me, that's, those are my two. That's actually farther down my list because I look back and, as as you know, I have a history of some large projects in this community. I remember when we first started talking about casinos back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. No one's going to go to the Shreveport Riverfront. Well, not not <laughs> the way it was in 1992, right. you know, with this one little old riverboat hanging off of a dock. Mm-hmm. But today, look what we have there. You know, I grew up in Bozier. I'm a Bozier High School grad of 84. No one's going to go to old Bozier or the Bozier dump. Yeah. Not until you build Margaritaville on it. Not yeah. until you build, you know, brew pubs and redo downtown Bozier. Mm-hmm. You have people go there every day. And so I think it's disingenuous to say it's a bad location because there's people shooting today or that it's dangerous. If you build a $105 million complex, by nature, you're going to improve the area. Right, right, absolutely. So, but if you build it and nobody comes... Then it becomes vacant. If you don't have the revenue to have the security force, if you don't have the traffic, crowds protect crowds sometimes. Does having the the, the rev entertainment people because I and I don't want to be Debbie Downer and, and miss negativity here. Wah, wah, wah. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know, you look right. Let's look today at the boardwalk. Let's look at the Red River District. Those were were areas that were. I mean, the think of think of the 
boardwalk. How beautiful and how we were like, wow, this is a game changer for Bossier City. And now it, there are a lot of places they're empty. The Red River District, the same thing. But you now have an outside entity that is going to have a lot of skin in the game. And they're going to have a lot of uh, – they're going to play a role in getting people there. Is that different? Do you think this is a different development idea? I, I think that it is. And um, and that's why I asked the, the, the first question I asked. Who's the target audience? Where are they going to come from? Because I think if you step back and look at the boardwalk, and I, in, in the middle of your, your, your talk there, I threw in the word malls. Because I remember when Pierre Bossier Mall was built on the grounds where a tornado came through and cleared everything out. Mm-hmm. I remember St. Vincent Mall back in its heyday. They're dead. South Park Mall was booming back in the 70s Uh-oh. and 80s. Huge. And so, but all those were based on retail. And retail changed. Right. And so, and so that's what I'm looking at. And so the thing I am encouraged about, this is called Rev Entertainment. It's that second word, entertainment. That's what we're seeing. Places, even at, even at the boardwalk, Bass Pro's still probably doing okay. Mm-hmm. The movie theaters, I mean, people are still coming to spend their money for entertainment to do things. And so the thing I'm encouraged about this is it is a complex. The people still come for the casinos. We can talk about smoking or not smoking, but they're right. still coming. You bet. And so a Rev Entertainment complex where people come to attend the Hirsch, the independent stadium, which already draw people, a new ballpark, if there are nightclubs, hotels, that that could work. If you're telling me it's going to be premised on retail, that seems to be a model that's really in question these days. I also think, and I know we went late. I'm sorry, Ruben. I also think if it's only about a sporting event and a team, I don't, I don't think this town can support that or will support it. I know the mud bugs are a little bit of a different um, a entity. Pro or semi-pro teams. Right. But the money, the money today is in youth. If you, if, if you, if you raise the kids, you're traveling for basketball, baseball, cheer, whatever the competition is. That's where a lot of the movements taking place. Mm-hmm. Yes, professional sports come along, but is there a way that we can? You got to pro. And Rev has said this. You got to program the space as many days of the year as possible. Absolutely. When we get back. The hilarious Mike Johnson picture. We will explain it. It is so funny. And he is, uh, if you don't love Mike Johnson yet, you will after we tell you about this. That's coming up. 101. One oh one seven FM, 710 Keel. Mike and McCarty. Mike is out. My friend Scott Hughes is here. And um, if you haven't seen it, check it out, keelnews.com. The LSU Lady Basketball Team is in D.C. today. National champion yes. LSU Lady Basketball Team. Yes. They are. They they toured the Capitol yesterday. They met the Louisiana congressional delegation. Is to, Iowa there with them? No. Too soon? Too, Too soon? <laughs> it's just LSU. We got just that right. Just LSU. Now, they will be at the White House today to meet President Biden and Jill Biden, the First Lady. And the UConn men's team will be there because they're the national champs for the men. So both national championship teams will be at the White House. But during the tour of the Capitol yesterday, who knew? I didn't know Mike Johnson's taller than Steve Scalise. I had no clue. Our elected officials from Washington are big stature people when it comes to legislation. <laughs> Steve Scalise is a giant on the hill in oh, terms of power. Oh, yeah, he is. But but they're tiny men. They are small. Compared to the LSU women, let's be fair. Yes. And, and you're talking about – I mean, even if you look at Steve Scalise with Kim Mulkey, who – Kim Mulkey was a guard back in the, what, late 70s, early 80s? 80s at Tech. Yes. Yeah. She was a guard. Those aren't the tall ones. 
Kim Mulkey is taller than Steve Scalise. And there's a a funny picture of Scalise with one of the LSU Angel. Yeah, Angel Reese and 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 he's looking it's up like at me looking at Shaquille yes. O'Neal. It is quite a height the difference. <laughs> but the other one that is hilarious is Emily Ward, who's from Benton. Local co- yes. Yep. Co captain of the LSU Lady Mary's Tigers. Daughter. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Did not realize that. There's a picture of her and Mike Johnson. And Mike decided the picture would be better if I stand up on this little concrete pillar about a foot off the ground. So Mike steps up on the concrete pillar next to Emily so it makes Mike look like he's taller. But then you see the feet in the picture. <laughs> you see Mike's feet. Well, I think, you know, that's where Emily was standing. And they take yeah, the picture. you got to yeah. stand right next oh, to her. Oh, come on. I want to I wanna believe they posed it. He said, come on, let me get I, over I here. I think it's great. I think it's great that LSU went. There was some, for a moment, there was some, you know, consternation. Mm-hmm. Would they go? I, You know, is this a political... Um, I think it's always good to celebrate those those teams that do really well. That's exciting. Hopefully it's not a political thing. Right. And the, I hope the White House visit's a great time for them and they have a good time. Now, when they get to the White House, Biden made his stool, too, because he's not the biggest man either. Oh, you're right. He so might need a little step among, stool. And those those Connecticut men are huge. Oh, absolutely. And and I love how the ladies pose for pictures. They bend down. They put do bend their, down. They the put their hands are, on their knees. so accommodating. They really are. It really is good. You can see the pictures. It's real cool. Keelnews.com. Okay, Scott, here we go. After 8 o'clock, I'm rubbing my hands together. That's four minutes from now. Yeah. I'm rubbing my hands together because I'm really excited. You're excited. excited. I am. Ruben, should I be worried about this? He should be. He really should be. 8.10 this morning, I want to talk Prater Whitehorn. Ooh. Ooh. Hi, Sheriff. (laughs) Yeah. Let's do it. All right, you high ready? Noon. Oh, showdown at high showdown. noon. Showdown, yeah. Corral. Guns a blazing. Let's hope not. That's coming up at eight ten this morning, right here, one zero one seven FM. One zero one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty Mike is out uh, my pal Scott Hughes is here in studio thanks for being here sure forty minutes and we're going to do this <laughs> you've promoted this next segment it's um, showdown yeah showdown time um, uh, Steve Prater's been sheriff for twenty plus years probably I don't have the dates in front of me long my time. adult life yeah for the most part um, he's up for reelection. This fall, correct? That is correct. Every four years, the um, sheriff runs. We are now hearing, and he's had a couple of people that have run against him. That would can be considered minor candidates, I would say. That, that's fair. He hasn't faced what you and I would call a major opponent mm-hmm. in, in, in a number of years. His last re-election, I think he won with nearly 70% of the vote. Something 65% like of the okay. vote. He received 39,000 votes. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was a 40% turnout. Now we are hearing rumblings that uh, Chief Henry Whitehorn, who was Shreveport Police Chief, he was U.S. Marshal in good, our area. Good resume. Yeah, he was uh, head of state police for a while. He most recently was CAO under um, Adrian Perkins, that he is considering running for sheriff. He was introduced at a fundraiser. Um, I believe the fundraiser for, was for D.A. James Stewart. He was introduced to folks in the crowd by different people. 
and allegedly, allegedly, I wasn't there, yeah, you weren't there, I wasn't we're there, but fairness, I heard it from this multiple people who said yeah. he was introduced as the next sheriff of Caddo Parish. I've heard the same thing. Um, I have spoken to Henry Whitehorn. I made a call to him as soon as I got the first three Who or four. Who always answers his phone, by the way. Let's he be fair. Henry he, has always returned phone calls. He typically does. Um, I was in my car. I said, uh, Chief, hey, it's Aaron McCarty. I'm hearing that you're considering running for sheriff. And there was a little bit of a pause. And he said, um, well, I'm right in the middle of something. Can I call you back? And I said, absolutely. Crickets. Called him the next day voicemail haven't spoken to him since hasn't returned that call that he was going to return typically he does i think he wants to keep it low-key i've heard he may be announcing in july i don't know qualifying's not until august believe it, it or not qualifying's later this year mm-hmm. than normally normally a qualifying comes in the summer but this year it's august and mm-hmm. it's gonna be a quick turnaround after qualifying you know right to the ballot does henry whitehorn have a chance to beat steve prater I think I think anybody gets up, you know, you know my standard position, and these days politics is crazy. Anybody has a chance. Um, I think if Henry were to run, he's a big name. Let's start with that. And you went over his resume. Um, be honest, if you were drawing a resume up to run for sheriff, he's done everything you can do. He's been a chief of police. He's been state police. He's 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 a fairly well respected human being. Um, I think the one question on his resume, there's really two questions on his resume. He's never really run for political office. I think you had John Settle on yesterday. John made that point. It's an excellent point. Um, it's one thing to have had appointed jobs. But, um, you know, I love Wayne Smith. Wayne Smith's never run for political office, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and Henry's the same way. And so to put together a campaign to really have the backing, and this is a parish-wide election, not a city of Shreveport election. And so it, that's a huge lift, having never run. Um, number two, and I'll just be honest, and I like, I like, I like Whitehorn, but I think his last job on that resume is going to hurt him. I think having worked for the Perkins administration in a city of Shreveport, parish-wide election, um, I think that that necessarily is not going to be the strength. The other things were very strong, I think, for people. But the biggest to me is he's not said he's in yet. Mm-hmm. Prater's in. And Steve Prater is simply one of the best politicians in this part of the country and has been for my lifetime. And I always go with, you know, it's Machiavelli. If you come to kill the king, you better kill the king. And mm-hmm. so if you are coming after a sheriff in Louisiana, a popular sheriff, you better bring a campaign. And that's just where I don't know that Henry's ready for that. I think Steve is well positioned for reelection. I'm looking at the numbers from last time. He won with 65% of the vote on the first ballot against three other opponents. Mm. Does Henry Whitehorn have the capability or do people that are close to him, whether it's James Stewart or others who've been pushing him, we've heard Theron Jackson was one of the names mentioned that behind the scenes has been helping does he have the ability to raise the money that's needed to unseat a very popular sitting sheriff? Money, I think he could raise. I think Whitehorn has friends. Um, I think not to get deep into cattle parish democratic politics, but there seems to have been an ability for money to show up in the past in certain campaigns. I think the DA could help him if the D, if truly the DA, and I don't want, certainly don't want to speak for, I call him Judge Stewart, but he's the district sure. attorney. I don't want to speak for Judge Stewart at all, but I think he's shown the ability to raise significant dollars. He became the district attorney. He may have his own race coming up, mm-hmm. which is also a parish wide race. So you, we, we might be moving toward a, 
um, a platform race, if the DA is going to have to run and someone's going to run against that person, you know, and then so maybe you get this. I, I don't know what's going on. Um, I still think it's a high lift. I think when you want to run against um, the sheriff, it's a whole system. It's a whole network. You first of all have to come out and say, what has the sheriff done wrong? Why do we need to replace the sheriff? And there may be a lot of things, law enforcement in this community that people want to question, but I've really not ever heard anybody question the sheriff's department. Mm-mm, no. It, you know, and so I, I think... But, it's but we know the DA and the sheriff have had a little bit of a tiff. I mean, we know that they, they're not best buds. Um, you don't have to be best buds. No, but, you don't. But, but to run somebody against the sitting sheriff in, in any county or parish anywhere in the country, mm-hmm. that's a big deal. Sheriffs are a huge deal. And I think Steve's very popular. Um, I haven't looked at his finances. I think I think I heard John say the other day that he has north of 100000 in his campaign to start with. But the key is Steve knows how to win this race. He's won this race for a long time. Mm-hmm. I think most folks would say he's done a decent job unless you get a smoking gun. Um, we kind of used the showdown at the OK Corral, you know, mm-hmm. analogy. But right now what I see is Steve Prater standing in the street saying, I'll take all comers. I don't think he's going to duck anybody. Right. Um, I think Whitehorn has not stepped out in the street yet. And we're hearing rumors and people may be testing the waters. And I will wait really to comment until we see the race. To be honest. Steve versus Whitehorn, I think Prater wins that race. The wild card could be third-party candidates. Okay. Because somebody else gets in, who does that other person take votes away from? Does outside money come into a sheriff's race typically? Like, And I say a George Soros type of money. By way of PACs, we know that. Um, is that something George Soros has done? We we understand he's done it in some DA races. Well, could that happen here in a sheriff's race? Um I, I don't know George Soros or whoever whoever's <laughs> running the Soros money. We hear about it all the time. But but I will say this. Soros seems to have been much more interested in district attorneys. He's much mm-hmm. more interested in the prosecution. I said that word wrong. Process than he is about the sheriff. The sheriff collects taxes and runs the jail. The mm-hmm. sheriff protects the people in the rural community. The sheriff, work, sheriff works with law enforcement agencies. Um, I think maybe Steve is more of a target in this realm because he's been a very outspoken person when it comes to juvenile reform, justice reform. And um, Steve, he's been, to be honest, he's been a voice against some of the wind. He's been very outspoken that he believes you got to lock people up. He and 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 um, that's going to sell well. It, it, it you know it's going to sell well in cattle. Parish. Let's mm-hmm. remember that, and that's who's voting here. Right. It might not sell as well in Baton Rouge, where some folks want to want to do some things, or in Washington. But I don't think Steve Prater has gotten up a day in his life and cared what people about Baton Rouge or Washington think about him. He but cares does that about sell what it, Cato but, thinks but, about him. But does that sell in the black community? I mean, I think at this point, with crime so high, even the black community wants to keep people locked up. Am I wrong? Well, and and it's it's interesting. I'm obviously not African American, and right. I live in the black community. To be fully compliant, you here. bet. But when I talk to people, what they want is law enforcement. What they want is they want to know they're safe. And I think if you ask in Cato, and this is my opinion, but when you ask in Cato Parish, is Steve Prater doing what he can do to keep you safe? I think most voters are going to say yes. So I think if Whitehorn wants to step into this race, he's going to have to bring a pretty compelling argument and a campaign. I'll mention both of Mm -hmm. those as to why he can do it better. And I think that there will be a lot of questions asked about that. Because at the end of the day, if Cato has issues, I don't know that Steve Prater is the cause of that. I think that's where I think voters are going to land. And so, first of all, let's wait and see if we actually have a race. But if I'm Whitehorn, here's my message. And I'm I'm just giving him a little tip. I know he's probably not listening. I come out strong and say, 
I'm doing whatever I can to help Shreveport. I'm coming out and I'm doing whatever I, you know what I mean? I mean, that's how you would, if you're trying to beat Steve Prater, you come out and say, I'm going to do everything I can do to help Shreveport's crime problem, you know, and you win the vote in Shreveport. That's the only message I could see that would be maybe different than what Steve Prater's pitching. I may be wrong. The problem is you just opened yourself up for the haymaker from the left of, weren't you the city administrator for four years? <laughs> What did you do in those four years to help Shreveport? Again, I, I yeah. like Chief Whitehorn. Let me be very clear. About I agree. That. I he agree. He's always been open, and I think he's a good man. Mm-hmm. But I think I think this could be an interesting race. I think the biggest I'll, I'll play devil's advocate. The biggest weakness Steve has, to be honest, is a weakness all human beings get to. He's been around a long time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's Joe Biden's weakness at a certain. I'm not comparing Biden to Prater. That's not the analogy. <laughs> but but all elected officials get to a point where you start to ask, what is next? Right. And so I think Steve has to come out and show people why he still wants to be sheriff, that he's still committed to being the sheriff mm-hmm. that they've known for 20 years. And if he does that, I think it's still his race to lose. I'll go with that. I think it's his race to lose. Mm-hmm. I think it will create a huge problem in the in the black community um, because Steve has often run what run with African-American support. Mm-hmm. And I think when you get out and you get out of the city limits where the race could be very interesting, I think Steve has really good support when yeah. you get out into Keithville and Vivian and the unincorporated areas of the mm-hmm. parish where he is the sheriff, and that's what he's known as. Absolutely. one oh one seven. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. Mike is gone. He'll be back Tuesday. I got Scott Hughes here. Scott Mudbug Madness is going on. Kicked it off last night with this kind of a rewind show with the crawdads and the boomers and some other groups were here. Um hadn't done a Thursday night show for a while. They did it last night, and now it'll be up and going today with the celebrity crawfish eating contest beginning at eleven thirty. I will be participating in this, which I have done for a long, long time. I don't like your chances. Uh, my chances are not good. Um, I, you know, I've done some crazy things for this competition over the years. Uh, people don't know this. One year, I had uh, Mayor Keith Hightower peel my mud bugs for me. Um, he agreed to do it. So he came down. He's a slow crawfish peeler. So we didn't win. One year, I brought... This is not politically correct, so you might need the button here, Ruben. One year, I decided I was going to bring somebody that would draw some attention to our efforts. So I brought a man, I forget his name, who happened to be a um, an exotic dancer. So he showed up to peel my crawfish, and he was wearing a Speedo. And um, my attention wasn't on the crawfish, so we didn't win. <laughs> Stop laughing over there. I could have had a shot. Did he have a potato in his spirit? <laughs> no, he did not. Okay. He did not. Okay. So this year, we're and I've never even come close. I mean, I go and I have fun and I show up. I love Mudbug Madness, so I'll do whatever they need me to do to oh, support. She's, she's just there for the free crawfish and beer. Free crawfish and beer. They keep the beer coming. This I'm year, shocked. I'm hoping that would, that would, yeah. that would get ribs out of, out, of, out, of, out of rendezvous somehow. It's oh. avoiding free. Different, different story. Go on. Yeah, go exactly. On. This year, they're doing the Celebrity Crawfish Eating Contest. I think they've got Chief Reese against somebody from the police department. They've got different people competing against other people, you know, mano a mano, 
among all of us competing for the overall title. Mike is the reigning champ. He's not there. So the title's up for grabs this year. I think I'm going head-to-head with Chica. I don't like your chances. See? That is a mouth. She's next door to us, and that is a mouth. And she she thinks the crawfish tail is like a, a taco, that you just eat the whole thing. You know, she doesn't think you have to peel it. That's a good she's, way to get a perforated bell. The, the, yes. the listeners don't hear this, but sometimes during the commercials, they're also on the break next door. Mm-hmm. And she comes in this studio and literally just screams at us. Yes. It, it is terrifying. Yes, she's terrifying. <laughs> and I'm going to be sitting, and she's going to, I know she's going to be putting her shells in my plate, and she's going to be distracting me and doing all kind of crazy stuff. And um, I'm just going to have to buckle down. And but see, I can't do the Martindale technique. I can't do the break, twip, and eat. I have to peel, and I'm I'm not good at it. I'm really not. But 11:30 today, come down Mudbug Madness Festival Plaza. Open to the public. Open to the public. It is going to be a blast, and then the festival will kick off with music and all kind of fun. It's going to be a blast. I can't wait. 101. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. Scott Hughes in studio for Mike. I got an email uh, yesterday, and do you fall for these? Um, this this looked really important. This came from Allison Solis, the chief secretary prosecutor. Chief secretary prosecutor. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that that I, Aaron McCarty, you are suspected of violating federal law under Title blah blah blah. We've all known it. Mm hmm. I'm so a she had something you, you criminal. let me just guess. It's something that really important you had to click on because yeah. you needed some documents or pay yeah. a fee. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. you if you can't attend the court hearing, which your court hearing is next week at three thirty. They're always immediately. It's never like six months in advance. And it didn't even have a day. It just said next week. Then you should have clicked on that. <laughs> no, do not click on those things. Do, I don't. I don't even open emails these days from people I don't know. That's where I've gotten it's with this so spam. Bad. It's called phishing, P-H, phishing. Mm-hmm. And, and um, all they're trying to do, I think Rupert's done a great job of trying to counsel you through this, is <laughs> don't, even if you open an email, sometimes if you click on the actual email, you're not in danger. Okay? Okay. But the, the, the goal is, and they come in text as well. You'll get them on your text phone. Yes. If, if, if they can get you to click on a link, mm-hmm. open the attachment, click this link. Right. Click here to find. In my world with the realtors, it's, hey, here's the closing documents that you asked for. Well, most folks are curious. They click on the link. Well, they oh. know they. So it, it, whatever you're in, banking, credit mm-hmm. cards, they're trying to get you to click something. Don't ever click something you don't know who it's from. Don't do it. Even if it's from the chief secretary prosecutor. Especially if it's from the chief secretary <laughs> prosecutor. Teacher pay raises. Um, lawmakers are trying to do it kind of in a weird way that I don't understand. Scott's going to explain it so everyone can understand it when we get back, right? One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty Scott Hughes is in for Mike. I appreciate you coming in. Glad to be here. A political analyst. Um, you're in charge of the local real estate association. 
you are a dad, a husband, about to have your second daughter off to college. Correct. Empty nest syndrome coming up. Correct. And we're not talking about it right now, but I will say I'm also a proud United Methodist. Oh, yeah. That's a big decision coming up, huh? Yeah, it's going to be a tough weekend for me. Okay. But you want to talk about schools and the legislature. Yes. I I want you to explain to me how lawmakers have decided rather than just give teachers a pay raise, as the governor proposed, they want to pay down the retirement debt, thereby relieving money that the local school systems would spend on that so they can give the pay raises themselves. Is that what they're doing? Is that the the proposal we're looking at? That's what they they, they claim they want to do. And so um, in, in fairness, paying teachers should be a local issue. We collect taxes in Caddo. Caddo pays. Caddo pays teachers. Teachers don't make the same thing. Teachers mm-hmm. get paid different in Caddo than DeSoto and in Bossier. You bet. So it's not like we have a state pay pay scale. That right. All teachers get the same thing and the state pays the money. But what the state does is they have something called the Minimum Education Foundation, and they give money to each parish, okay, to okay. help with the education. And over the years, one of the things that has happened is the legislature got into business, as they do with sheriffs and DA's assistants and other jobs. Right. They've been giving money specifically to legal entities, the the school boards, to give for raises. They've wanted to raise the pay. And and it's under the guise of we want to get our teacher pay up to the southern regional average. We Mm -hmm. hear that terms a lot. Sure. So they've been giving money. This year, the legislature, the House, which is, you know, the conservative House, where they have two-thirds majority of Republicans, they took a different approach. They said, rather than just raise teacher pay, what if we took the same money we would have put in teacher pay and paid down what's called the unincrued liability? It's basically a debt they owe that they borrowed against for years on the mm-hmm. pension plan. Because what happens is the school districts, they must pay the state back every year. Understand money's going both ways, money right? From the state to the school districts. But then the school districts must pay a percent every year to fund the pension of their employees. Okay. And because that pension has gotten out of whack, we've hired more teachers that, you know, now they pay upwards of 25, 30, 35% of the cost of an employee to the pension fund. So mm-hmm. what the, what, what I think their theory is, is it's just like if you have a credit card balance. Okay. Right. If I got $10,000 and had a $30,000 credit card balance, if I, kept spending, I'm not going to pay the credit card balance down. But I took the $10,000 and paid off some of that debt. Now I have a lower payment on my credit card. That's what they're looking at doing. If they put this money to pay down that unaccrued liability, then the school boards would owe them less every year for the pension. And then the school boards could take that money and give it to the teachers. That's the theory. I know it sounds really complicated. But in the net result, they're trying to give the school boards more local money to then pay the teachers. But this is an election year. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to go out and run for re-election saying, we gave teachers a pay raise. Well, not everybody. Apparently, the, a lot of the conservatives want to go out and sound like to go out that they were fiscally prudent and paid down the debt. Mm-hmm. But they didn't give a pay raise. And in effect, what they're claiming is they want to give the locals that victory. They want to let the locals say, we gave teachers a pay raise. Mm-hmm. And, and ultimately, they are trying to reduce state debt. Long term, that's probably a good investment. Short term, the reality is there that the concern, if you're on the teacher side, the concern is, fine, you pay that down, but there's no promise my local school board's going to turn around and give me a $1,000, $2,000 raise. I think 2000 is the number they're thinking mm-hmm. about for the teachers. It has gotten through the House. It's over in the Senate. That's what I wanted to ask you. Do you anticipate the Senate 
sticking with that plan. Well, I don't. One, because the Senate hardly ever sticks with what the House wants. Um, two, along the way, something's come up. Along the way, I think Jay Darden, who's the administration, um, spoke up the last day or two. And there's apparently there might be a flaw with the House plan in that they are allocating more than they are legally allowed under the Constitution. Mm. Because what they effectively are trying to do is take one-time monies or, you know, over-the-cap monies. I don't know the exact term, rainy day funds. There's all kinds of terms they use. But they're limited by a percentage, by a dollar amount. And I think if they do what they want to do, that they, while it's weird, they could put it into the pay raise Mm -hmm. by moving it to pay off debt. There's a limit, apparently, of what they can do. So I think the Senate's going to find some kind of um, resolution, some kind of compromise. That the House will agree to, ultimately, to give a direct pay raise to teachers? Um, we'll see. The House has 70 votes. They can they can be a little more independent than they have been in the past. The Senate is um, long been called the Senate in both Washington and Baton Rouge is considered the conscience of the body. Mm-hmm. And they they view things longer term. But um, I think in this term they'll they'll find a compromise. I think I think the governor very badly wants to give the teachers a raise, even okay. though he's not up for reelection. Um, they'll find a compromise somehow. We're going to talk more about politics when we get back with Scott Hughes and some of the local legislative races that he sees starting to bubble up. That's coming up right here. One hundred one. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. Mike is out today back on Tuesday. Scott Hughes is here. Scott, the uh, legislative races that are shaping up. I think uh Caddo School Board member Jasmine Green just announced yesterday she's running for a house seat. Um, that's one of the races. What seat is she running for? District 4, I believe, correct? It, it would probably be District 4. And again, I haven't talked to all of them yet, but I think she would be the District 4 seat. And that is Sam Jenkins? Um, well, well Sam's, I have to get, Sam's seat's going to be vacant. Mm-hmm. Cedric Glover's seat's going to be vacant. Okay. Part, and, and, and I apologize. Part of the confusion is they've redrawn the map. Right. And so, right. um, in fairness, I didn't bring my map to look at all the seats. Okay. We actually lost a Senate seat. Mm-hmm. You know, we lost the Barrow Peacock seat. It's right. now gone down to South Louisiana. And so the map is completely different. So I really, when people say they're announcing, I really want to wait and see the filing because yes. we're not really sure where some of these people live in regards to where the lines are now. But, Senate, but the Jenkins and the Glover seat are open because they're both going to run each, uh, run against each other for Tarver's seat since Senator Tarver's termed out. So you're going to have in that race, you're going to have Glover, Jenkins. I'm hearing a lot of names. What and a, Barbara Norton. And Barbara Norton. That's going to be one of the barn, barn burner Senate races of the entire campaign. Oh, it absolutely is. Um, it, and I would I would be hard pressed to say which of the three of them would be the front runner. Would you? Um, it will be difficult. I think I think a lot of people think maybe Jenkins is, you know, if you have to say who the front runner is, um, they might go with Sam. He's the head of the Black Caucus right now. He's mm-hmm. got a lot of respect statewide. But Cedric Glover was mayor of this town. And this is a seat that's largely within the city limits. Mm-hmm. Um, Cedric's an excellent, you know, I, we, we talked earlier um, um, about Mike Johnson being one of the best politicians you'll ever meet. Um, um, Steve Prater. Um, Glover's in that camp. 
Whether, yeah. he, he's controversial to some folks, but he's an excellent campaigner. He knows how to run a campaign. So that, that Senate seat will be, will be dynamic. Some of the other quick Senate seats that are out there, I don't think Barry Milligan's going to draw a lot of opposition. I think right. Barry, Barry will win his, um, the, the Peacock seat is gone, obviously. And then Senator mm-hmm. Mills over in Bossier, I think he's picked up more of Webster Parish to the okay. east. I think he's going to be fairly, fairly safe. But we did kind of get a new race going on. What used to be called the long Senate seat, kind of more out of the Natchitoches area. Right. It has crept up into the extreme southern parts of our area, and that's where Alan Seaball is going to make an appearance. Alan Seaball is running for that seat against my old high school basketball coach, Mike McConaughey. Uh That'll be another great race as well. Who runs for Seaball's seat? Um, Well, and Seaball's seat, I don't know that we, again, this is one I got to see the map again because they redrew. And so um, there's actually a race going on that may be more over in the Bozier side now. Okay. Dodie Horton is running for Mm -hmm. re-election. Matter of fact, she's been endorsed by everybody in town. Right. So she's running for re-election. The Seaball seat's open. I think it's going to be more of a South Bozier seat now, the way the lines have shifted. Okay. Basically, Louisiana got old. Everything sagged down on us a little bit <laughs> and so all of our seats have gone a little farther south and so yeah. so some of these seats aren't here anymore um but also just kind of real quick running through these as well you know tammy phelps i think can run, can run for re-election she will danny cormick danny mccormick will run for your election he has basically the entire north part of Caddo parish right now. right he may get competition he had it last time we'll okay see um he's gonna be very hard to beat but he's also very controversial senator mm-hmm. uh, representative mccormick phelps will be there um and in the Fifth district. Um, we just have to kind of look and see who shows up for some of those other ones. Okay, it's going to be interesting to watch. Raymond Cruz should be probably safe. Okay, good, 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 good. Great to have you here today. Thank you for coming in. Glad to be here. Have a great holiday. Good luck in your crawfish competition. Eleven thirty. Eleven thirty. Mudbug Madness. Come down and see us.